0: Hello Voices, my name is Joe Troy and I'm a multi-award winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. a bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Hello Voices, we meet again. Get ready for another adventure. This week, we are going to be focusing on the wonderful world of radio. As voices, and of course consumers, we love radio. If we are not voicing ads to be broadcast, we are listening to our favourite songs and shows via our favourite hosts and DJs. These happen so seamlessly and go over the listeners' heads, but how do these shows we love so much get created? I wanted to find out more about the wonderful people on the other side of the microphone. Who does what and why? Today's adventure is about radio producers. Of course, I know a couple people who work on radio, but my knowledge on this topic is basically nothing. So this week, I'm going to go ahead and get talking to the pros. Let's see what they have to say and hopefully can get more of an understanding of what they do.
1: Hello, my name is Lisa and I am an assistant producer at BBC Radio 1 Extra. Some of the shows I've worked on are the likes of Cyan Anderson, DJ Target, Rampage. I've worked on a bunch, but currently I'm working on The Breakfast Show with Nadia J. I think I got my first break in uni. I was um, studying broadcast journalism at Nottingham Trent University and the editor of BBC Radio Nottingham News. Um, came in to just oversee what we were doing and I got his contact details started emailing him back and forth I went in to do some shadowing shifts and I just refused to allow him to forget me and then eventually he was like listen I'm going to give you a year-long contract for freelancing do what you want with it good luck and I just never left the BBC since (laughs) I think a common misconception about my job is that it's just all fun and games. There's actually a lot of admin and a lot of like serious meetings that go into creative ideas. I think sometimes I'll be telling my friends, oh, you know, I'm working at wireless and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, so fun. Like, Can I get a plus one? And I'm like, no, it's it's a job. I'm working. (laughs) I've got things to do. A tip that I have for anybody who's trying to get into radio would just be go for it. Don't wait around. Don't try to be perfect. Network, network, network. It's really who you know sometimes, not what you know. You will learn on the go anyway. There's no point, no need trying to be perfect. I wasn't perfect and I just continued learning. And that's the thing about this industry. Like it's always evolving. So just go for it. Enjoy, have fun. And yeah, network. That's all I have.
2: Hi, my name's Paul McLaughlin, Um, I am 48, that's right, 48, um, and I'm a breakfast show producer who breakfast show produces in the West Midlands for free radio across uh, Birmingham, Coventry, Warwickshire, and quite most of the West Midlands to be honest. Um, I've worked on, uh, started off working on Mercia FM many moons ago as a producer um before that actually no before that i started off working at kicks 96 as a presenter and a bit of a runner really um and then i've worked at hallam fm on their breakfast show and as i say now i work on free radio um across the west midlands with jd and roisin um started off as a bit of a producer on that show but now i'm more more presenting wise as well i have more of a more of a a, chance to speak on the show and just do stupid things like uh, most people do on breakfast shows so yeah Um, my first break came uh, many years ago when I was just out of school really and um, my brother had written off to a radio station local radio station that I mentioned earlier kicks 96 um, seeing if there was any voluntary work going there on my behalf I didn't even realize he'd done it and I got a letter through uh, the post because in those days we were sending out letters And um, they invited me down. So I just went went down there and I helped out on the drive time show just getting travel reports done and just helping out with various phone calls and whatnot. Um, And um, from there on, uh, I I basically worked my way up uh, to become a presenter there and then eventually getting a producer's job there at some point, um, which was quite weird. Um, so, yeah, that was my first break. So, you know, a bit of voluntary work. I was also working in a bar at the time, so wasn't getting paid for it, but, you know, that's what you got to do in this day and age. Well, I mean, when I first started, the job has changed um, from when I first started because when I started, it was CDs that they were playing um, in uh, little machines. And now it's all... Uh, digital, press a button, load up a, your whole hour-long music um, segment and and fill in your little links. I mean, Your ad breaks are already in there. We used to have to put carts in for ad breaks. Um, we used to have to time things perfectly, we'll write down the the times of each song that we were going to play out. Um, and basically, just, it's got its hands-on pretty much, whereas now, you, you know, you can... It's all it's all lined up for you. All the songs and your hour is, is all segued for you, and um, it, it's all in place for you at the, at the touch of a button. So, should something go wrong and you know a microphone doesn't work, you can pl- still play out the uh, the show. Whereas, you know, if you nip to the loo halfway through the early days of radio and your CD stopped, then you'd be screwed. Um, but yeah, over the next five years, it's it, ten years. It's going to be quite a bit different. I think it all it will change even more a lot of shows are becoming more networked and um uh remotely done as well so we don't have to be in the studio anymore we can just do it from wherever so that's how i think it will change um a lot more bigger bigger shows be networked across the country as well one bit of advice is just 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 show eagerness and and show you know come up with ideas no idea is a stupid idea you can always work on one idea if you think it's rubbish somebody else will take it and go actually it's not the greatest idea but elements of that idea are great so never be frightened to to come up with something new and innovative or work on something that's already out there and change it to your own own um tailoring um also Just, you know, just listen to other stuff that's going around and and watch, you know, social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Have a little look at stuff that's on there. The video's on there. And it gives you great ideas for for show content. Um, And um, most people are doing what other people are doing, slightly different. So everyone's doing it. Don't think you're nicking someone's idea unless it's a blatant rob. But, yeah, just have a listen about, show eagerness and, and, and know, you know. No idea is a bad idea.
0: Thank you Lisa and Paul for a sneak peek behind the magical veil which is the radio world. One thing I have noticed not only with this role but others in the creative field is that you can't take no for an answer and I have to put the work in to be seen. It's a very competitive industry and you need to go above and beyond to be seen and eager to learn on the job. Now... It's time to talk to this episode's main guest And what better person to speak to Than the wonderful Adele Cross Adele is an award-winning producer at the BBC With 20 years in the game She's currently producer on BBC One Extra Breakfast Show With Nadia J I was lucky enough to get some time to pick her brain And talk to her about her journey Experiences And learn about what it takes to be a radio producer Let's go.
3: Hi, my name's Adele, not the famous one, the other one with less, with fewer Grammys. I, at the moment, at produce one extra breakfast with Nadia J. I've been at the BBC though for about uh, many years. I started in two thousand and one, so I've worked across Radio Four and Current Affairs and Five Live and Radio Two and um, lots of news. So a lot. I've been very, very, very blessed. But I know that you kind of pick up bits along the way. I kind of feel that life is a big, one big pot of stew. You have your hot bits and your sour bits and your good bits and your bad bits, but it makes what you are. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, I've been here for a while, but glad to still be here with the job.
0: So, okay, so what myself included, I, I kind of know the answer to this, but I want you to confirm this. What do you do? What does a producer do at a radio show?
3: Let me tell you something about producers, right? <laughs> no one hears us, but we're there. So whenever yeah. you hear that comes out the speaker that isn't from the vocal cords of the presenter is the producer. So whether it's the script or the questions or the bed or mm, the imaging, it doesn't mean necessarily that the producer makes it, but they are responsible for it happening.
0: Okay. What would you say, talk me through, like, for example, you touched upon, you were doing a breakfast show um, this morning. How would mm-hmm. a show run? Like what would be the first thing you would do and the last thing you would do to make sure a show goes out? I know it's a long process. I know it's long, but if you could condense it. <laughs> um.
3: Okay. Um. Oh, I'll take, for example... The show I do now, the one extra for show. So, for example, yeah. we tend to work on different, I call it, like, timescales. So today, Friday, I've already planned the show in terms of what music will go in the show for Monday okay. so that we have a content assistant who can get a montage ready from the songs for Monday. I have also, we have interviews next week. Uh, we may be getting uh, P. Diddy pretty soon. We may be getting also, we'll have the Kerry Washington um, these big names. So we'll also yeah. prepare for these interviews in advance. Okay. So I'm thinking like a week, two weeks, three weeks in advance. At the same time, the actual show that's going out live, I'm then thinking about how are we getting on network? Does Nazi have the music she needs? Does she have the script notes she needs for today's show? Um, making sure that we have access to the um, the listeners, because our shows are very much very much listener bed read. Lead, even that's why I'm not Led, on there. Yeah. <laughs> Lead, so it's how we're going to get collate the listeners, how we're going to get the audio out, how we're going to get this stuff done. Um, I tend to think in terms of the show, and I'll nudge my assistant producer to think in terms of half hour chunks. So, say, for example, uh, our show runs from seven to ten, say, um, eight o'clock comes around, and I'll say to my assistant producer, Is everything ready for the nine o'clock? Yeah. So she's looking ahead to the next half hour that the music's yeah. in, is complied, is clean, etc. So that way I'm looking across all kind of the whole timescale of the whole show. So okay. it isn't a simple answer because as the lead producer on a series, which is essentially what it is, you're thinking about today's show, you're thinking about this minute, make sure no one swears, and thinking about the Christmas show and the next week's wow. show and the birthday shows, you know what I'm saying? So it depends wow. entirely on how we're thinking but my brain tends to work on seven to eight different timeframes at the same time. So I can mm. kind of, I have to be able to split between what we're doing now and what we're doing in a minute. Cause I also got to let other people know what's happening.
0: So ultimately you are creating the show from start to finish for, you know, the, the creation to the delivery of it. And then you insert the radio host and, so basically you're guiding them. They do their thing, but you guide them in the direction you they need to go to execute the ultimate goal. Is that is that correct? Well, the
3: sweet spot, the really sweet spot is when you have a really good relationship between the producer and presenter. Because what should happen yeah. is, as a producer, uh you should not be able to tell which shows I've produced. You should be able to hear only mm. the presenter. Okay. Uh, so if you have the same features Showing up on different shows With different presenters It's because the producer either has just one idea They're running out each time And you, you take away from the presenter It should be that I am like this Invisible kind of ninja person Puppeteer person That makes yeah. this happen So, that, so I've worked with, I've, with Trevor I've worked with Nadia I've worked with you know, Clara and people like that And they're all very different So mm. my, my job is to make sure that Nadia sounds as Nadia as Nadia can be, right? So if she's gonna Mm. if you're gonna chuck out and then lose a wig and then do a dance and that, cool. I'm gonna facilitate that, but you won't see me. You won't see the Mm. joint. That's really how it works. So it has to be the between me and my presenter so that we are tight. That way I trust her to deliver the goods, she trusts me to provide her with the stuff. That way we can both sit back and lean into this thing and then be really Mm. creative. Because there has to be Um, synergy and comfort you also have to be comfortable being a little bit rubbish and a little bit making mistakes etc so you know how far back you can go so i know just how far back i can lean into nadia she knows how far back she can lean into me and that's where we are and that's where we start the show and that's how we can continue
0: what would you say is the most challenging part of your job
3: it is the psychology of being a producer it is twofold first of all I've worked with different teams. The team I'm with currently is actually one of my favourites, which is why I get up at four in the morning. If I didn't, if I didn't like the team, I wouldn't be here. Because you cannot be flipping, carving sleep out your eyes at 4.30 and dining some tea, getting a taxi and be mashed up for five days out of seven and not enjoy your team. It, it has to be that way, yeah. Mm. However... Uh, there are some places where you just don't feel comfortable. If you're a producer and you go somewhere and you just don't gel, or maybe the presenter wants something for me you, you can't offer, or if I'm not sure of who I am, it's that thing of being all things to all people. So like I said before, if I'm one thing for Clara, one thing for Trevor, one thing for Nadia, but I don't know who I am, that's a real problem. Cause I can then say, look, I can do this and that, I can't do the other. And we have a relationship that works. The toughest thing as a producer, is to walk into a room and know that you have to run things, and everyone's looking at you to make the thing work, but there's no synergy, there's no respect, and there's no kind of um, ease within the team because then you have to front it and then you're still, you are still, you know. As I always say, I'm responsible for the the sound of any... Sh- so one extra, I'm responsible for the sound of one extra between seven and 11, done. If the king dies, please don't die, Rav. If the king dies or something, something happens... I'm responsible. Nard's yeah. looking at me, Tim Davy looking at me, everyone's looking at me to know what to do. So I have wow. to have my head switched on. So if I'm in an yeah. area where I don't feel comfortable or I'm I'm ill at ease with the people I'm with, that is the hardest, hardest thing because you've got to fake it and not yeah. all of us are good at that.
0: So what made you get to this stage? Like what made you want to be um, on the radio and doing what you're doing today?
3: Well, I didn't even know the producers existed. When I was a little kid, mm. Why would you know? You know, it's yeah. just a lot of playing tracks. Why yeah. would you need someone to help? That's ridiculous. Uh, and then when I was came out of university, that whole thing where I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. So interestingly, I spoke, I did French and Italian, at uni- I didn't study media studies, I did la- languages, right? And um, my essays were always late. So I was really, really good at typing mad fast. There's a point <laughs> to this. So that meant that um, I joined this. Um, kind of this agency for kind of secretarial PA people but because I typed so quickly I can get into these different spaces and one day they just suggested working at Radio 4 just just for a week Adele not for long you know just gonna be a PA whatever and I was there for a week and the week became a month six months 21 years so essentially <laughs> I really fell into it I didn't even know it was a thing yeah. until I got there in fact the w- first day I was there and again I was um Gwyn Williams, PA, she's amazing. She was editor at Current Affairs. I'm doing PA stuff. I'm like, yeah, cool, here's a meeting, whatever, I'm d- whatever, right? And then at one point, they asked me to start writing scripts, and that means to kind of type stuff up. Yeah. Now, I don't know if everyone knows this, but there's a whole department in Radio 4, actually and 5 Live at the BBC, uh, called the Obituary Department, where they do the obits. So my girl now, that's me, by the way, um, this is about, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, I started writing scripts and writing them up. And one said Margaret Thatcher had died. I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't know she died. I thought, I'm really quite dull. I should not be in this department. It took yeah. me about three months to realize that she hadn't died. It was just an obituary for when she does finally leave the yeah. planet. So I'm yeah. there. Bare I'm like, I didn't know that he died. Did you know Barack Obama died. They didn't die, Adele. This is the whole department that we're talking about. Crazy. So I kind of learned on the way what there is. You understand? Yeah. So I didn't know there was a yeah, producer. I yeah. didn't know there were obits. I didn't know a thing. All mm-hmm. I knew was, I'm here for a week, I'll do what I can. But I mm-hmm. think because I didn't get the training in terms of media studies, I have been the kind of person to open my eyes wide and learn. So cute. I have so to yeah. learn. I have to learn. Yeah. So I kind of fell into it. And I knew that I, um, my first story was 9-11, which is massive. So that was really mm-hmm. news-based and the financial um programs on radio four at like money box and in business and that and i was grateful i'm in a place where people are so intelligent and so kind and so generous but you know what inside of me i really knew i needed to have something young and to do with music so yeah. I, I eventually got my way out of news into live programming did radio one one extra radio two and you had, had to kind of feel your way and find your way
0: what's the difference between the two for you Personally.
3: between what between between
0: what? um the more journalistic stuff you were doing before to the music side of things
3: it depends on what feeds you man yeah it, it's what what feeds you i am grateful to god and all above for the training i got on the news team though because it's it's second to none it's second it's abs- it's second to none there's there's no yeah. question there's a a journalistic mouse that like you can smell a story you can tell something mm, that doesn't add up or you can kind of feel it in your bones when i'm watching these guys now as some of them I know I've worked with at Newsweek who are in Ukraine or in Israel and you think, Yo, you guys are really in the thick of it.
0: Yeah.
3: I know that they can they can they know in their bones what makes a story and they wanna find the truth. Yeah. However, I knew I wasn't a journalist because remember that time that whale got stuck in the Thames or something? Remember?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do actually it's Yeah, a whale- Vaguely, yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I thought you know, so I went out for lunch, came back and someone called Maddie Savage, who was a journalist ran down the stairs to meet me Adele, Adele, I was like what? She goes, I get to go and report on the whale now and I thought good for you, I'm going to eat my pret sandwich because that doesn't interest me at all and that's when <laughs> I realised i don't, I'm not. this is not for me yeah. however, covering, um artists and being in the thick of something that's musical, for example um, I moved from there to um, Radio 1 And I was on Raz's show, Raz Kwame's show. Yes, And he used to do a show about um, finding British talent. And here's how everything ties together. This big old stew I'm talking about. When John Peel passed away, Raz took over one of his slots. They're looking for new talent. And I had worked on a documentary or a a series on Radio 2, right? And I said to him, do you know what, then, this girl, she sounds really cool. I've, I've met her, her music's wicked. We should get in for a session of Maida He goes, yeah, yeah, cool. Right. Who is it? I was like, yeah, it's this girl called Amy Winehouse. I'll see if I can contact her. He went, yeah, all right, i call you. So then Amy Winehouse then comes, and it was the second album, her last one. Okay. And she's doing the bits, and it's Maida Vale, and it's these talented musicians, and I am surrounded in the thick of, in the middle of someone creating sound. And I got the tingles all over me, the same way Maddie did looking for that nonsense whale. And that's when I knew yeah. you have to go where you're fed, right? Yeah. So that's how I know the difference. Yeah. It's like it's spotting a, a musical talent as opposed to spotting an excellent story. You either have it or you don't. You can smell it or you can't.
0: Where Where do you see radio production going in the next five to 10 years? How do you see your job changing? <laughs> If only you could see your face right now. <laughs> take your time. It's okay.
3: I would like to say that the art of being a radio producer, that's to say, so you know when you it's getting very techie now, but when you edit a conversation, for example, and you take the arms out and the and the best out and you make it sound yeah. really slick. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering to myself if the art and the craft of that very delicate process will go because we're moving towards a far more relaxed, long-form version of audio. So podcasts, for example, there is not as much need to take out the ums and the ahs um, because you have time to chat about whatever and just take a breath and then do a thing Mm -hmm. and then burp if you want to. It's fine. It'll stay in the podcast. The other audio I'm talking about is so precise and so delicate that I I, I just don't know. I, I know that people who are... The Radio 4 kind of times radio, which is basically Radio 4, older generation of craftsmen and women will maintain it. And there are shows like um, The Skewer on Radio 4. Again, it's a comedy show, but it's won multiple awards because the the, the delicacy in the audio is so intricate. And so um, it it just grabs your imagination. And it's so... it's almost like a a scientist has taken the audio and mangled it together and made something beautiful. And I just don't know whether that will still be around or needed or required in the next 10, 20 years. I think it will be literally your half-cast podcast, which bang, by the way, don't get me wrong, bangs. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be the the conversational kind of relaxed stuff, I think now y'all yeah, don't play this in 10 years and then tell me that you know what i mean come for me i'm just saying
0: in, in terms of technology wise do you see it changing as well just in terms of making your job easier or maybe harder
3: it's always going to change yeah technology will always yeah. always 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 progress always constantly even yeah. the studios we're in now are almost outdated that's been about five to ten years i think so yeah technology mm. absolutely
0: what is the trajectory like to get to, I know your your route was very unconventional, but what is a conventional route into where you are now? Like where would you start? That's a good
3: question. What is a conventional route, my friends? What is conventional?
0: <laughs> yeah. well, I would I would I would assume, you know, you go to uni media studies, and then obviously I'm skipping a lot of in-betweens here, but you know, you would become an assistant producer do the hard yards, and then hopefully get your opportunity. But if there's another route in, please let me know.
3: Traditionally, yes, uni, study English or politics, and then you go to do Masters in Journalism and then you bang, you're there. I can speak only on behalf of the BBC. There's now a concerted effort to break through that because you're going to get a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. And because the BBC is at pains to make sure that we represent everyone that listens to us, We're not all going to university and then get to do that. So, the traditional route was, as I said, the non traditional route, I think we're still discovering, to be honest. If you're looking for um, talent, it's now going to the community radio stations, it's now going listening to podcasts, it's now going to the places that don't even need us or want us and seeking them out. So, it's literally making content for yourself. It could even be a YouTube thing, it could be a Spotify thing, it could be anything. So it's really quite fast now. The only thing now they really want to see is that you have talent and you want to work. Yeah,
0: simple. Before we go, I've got one more question and I always end on this note. Is there one tip you would give to aspiring producers or resources that they could use?
3: I am all about the, uh, the whole person, yeah? So my tip's going to be about who you are. Yeah. Work out who you are and once you know it, don't apologize for it because some of us don't fit in anywhere and mm. because we don't fit in anywhere we can fit in anywhere do you know what I'm saying but it took me a long time okay. to work that out you know and then once you mm. get it then you know you, you, you can then have the confidence to say this is what I bring to the table this is where I'm excellent if you feel this not for you I shall move on with respect mm. but you have to get to that point where you know who you are you know I me mean? mm. you know your voice you know what you do. Even the fact the way I got in was, as you say, unconventional. But I used to really hide from it and I wouldn't say anything. Now I'm 20 years in. Come come for me then. <laughs> Fine. Come, come for me and then we'll chat about it, yeah? Come see awards yeah. and talk to me about stuff. It's all right. But you have to get to that point. You know what I mean? And it yeah. takes a long time, I'm sure you know, to find your voice and find out who in the world yeah. am I in this crazy world?
0: I love that. To end on that note. But um, Adele... I want to say thank you for joining me today. I learned a lot. We didn't get a lot of time to speak. I wish we could have spoke for longer, but yeah, thank you for um, taking time out today.
3: Thanks for asking me. Have a lovely day, all right?
0: So what did I take away from today's conversation? Do what you love and don't settle for second best. As cliche as this sounds, I think this is very true in this line of work. Most creative jobs can be laborious, and if you don't enjoy what you do, it will reflect on your work. Radio production is definitely no different. You have to be on top of everything, and I mean everything. Any slip of concentration or oversight will 100% come back to haunt you. Keep an eye on new formats and trends within the space. With the rise of podcasting, the world of radio is ever-evolving. Longer-form content is definitely something that is on the rise. so keep up to date with the movers and shakers and how your existing skills can develop and contribute. Finally, learn what you are good at and who you are. Confidence is essential. Not only for being able to do your job, but to take knockbacks. If you are unapologetically yourself, you will not have any what-if questions in your head. You know what you bring to the table and offer and won't waste time trying to be something you
3: are not. Thank
0: you, Lisa, Paul, and of course a wonderful Adele for taking time out to educate and to inspire. Amazingly talented people for sure. Make sure to check them out in the links in the description. And here we are again. end of another adventure make sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss an episode and until next time bye bye